Well, uh, Jacob Rothschild has died. Uh, they call him Lord. I don't call him Lord. The British can call him whatever they want. I've got some other names for him privately. But uh, a dear friend said, uh, Tony Blair, a dear friend and wonderful human being. This is Tony Blair, the former prime minister of uh, the UK, who was right there with George W. Bush with Iraq and uh, pushing globalism. And he's out there pushing CBDC and everything else. He's got an institute now of the... Uh, Institute for Global Change, run by Tony Blair. Uh, you can make your checks out to, um, I don't know, Tony, or to the Institute for Global Change. You know, it's uh, Klaus Schwab wannabe. Uh, he said, Jacob was a dear friend, a wonderful human being. His impact was global. His support for great causes such as the arts and the environment. I wonder how Rothschild felt about uh, these uh, climate extremists to throw paint on art. How, how do you reconcile that conflict there? But I want to focus on something that is more uh, germane, really, to what is happening right now and to the presidential election and to this mania that is happening right now. Meet Wilbur Ross, who once bailed out Trump and the and Atlantic City and was now his pick for Commerce Secretary. Going back to 2016, I've got articles here from the LA Times, from Forbes. Isn't that conspiracy theories? This is just relationships. The guy who saved Trump when he was circling the drain was a Rothschild banker. Wilbur Ross realized just how popular Donald Trump was. He saw how the people loved him back when he was uh, having issues. He's always been a celebrity. It's like, you know, he had this keen insight. We could use that, you know, just like the Rothschilds use information about a war to, uh, you know, it's that type of thing. I mean, you know, I've got some information other people. Well, his information was, this is a guy who's got political ambitions. He'd be an excellent demagogue. We could really use him. <laughs> and apparently they did. Before he was scooping up Rust Belt factories, Wilbur Ross, the banker, was sizing up another troubled asset, Donald Trump. More than two decades ago, Ross represented bondholders who were gunning for Trump after he failed to pay back the high-interest loans he had taken out to build his casino empire. Ross embarked on a strategy that helped Trump avoid a personal bankruptcy that could have derailed his unlikely trajectory from real estate mogul to reality TV star to president. Consider it another investment that has paid off for Ross, whom Trump recently tapped, this is 2016, to lead the Department of Commerce. What is the Department of Commerce? Well, it's another one of these uh, vaguely defined, aggressive, expansive bureaucracies for which there is no constitutional authority. And uh, you know, this is not uh, a knock on Trump per se. Uh, he doesn't care about the Constitution, of course, but none of these presidents do, or they get rid of the Department of Commerce, along with a lot of other of these uh, things. Uh, but the Department of Cong Commerce's mission statement is to promote economic growth. And that's what they do. The rich get richer. Uh, we have recently gotten a glimpse of uh, what Biden has done with it, for example. Um, just recently in the last couple of months, the Commerce Department was... Um, uh, tapped by the Biden administration to say, well, if open AI or any of these other artificial intelligence companies decide they're going to take off with a new product or go in a new direction, you need to notify the commerce department first. 
So is it kind of like uh, central planning of the economy, communist style thing, or what is? No, it's crony capitalism. They pick the winners. They pick the losers. And so you got to let us know if you're going to go into, um, if you're going to do something different with artificial intelligence, you contact the Commerce Department. Because quite frankly, the artificial intelligence is the stock market right now. It is the hopium. You look at, like I said, NVIDIA and these other companies, you know, they are what the, the hopium and uh, is being snorted in Wall Street is all about. And so, um, as a matter of fact, also uh, just in recent months, back in October, the Biden administration uh, notified gun exporters and said, um, if you're going, we're not going, the Commerce Department is uh, going to ban you exporting firearms and ammunition. If you're an American manufacturer of firearms, I'm sorry, you can't export those right now. Can't do that. Commerce Department. Uh, when you make up something like this, it's malleable. They're always looking as to how they can expand their mission statement. Just look at the EPA, right? It was supposed to be about pollution. Well, they're defending the pollution of our water and fluoride, and then they are, um, you know, uh, allowing... Uh, other things to happen uh, to us while they prohibit cars. They, they moved over to prohibiting cars. While they allow our water to be, to have toxic chemicals, but our drinking water. You know, the EPA was set up to clean up the environment, to clean up water. Instead, what they do is they have people like uh, uh, racist Rachel Levine, uh, the tranny, who is hiding information, showing how bad fluoride is. There's a trial that's just... You know, it's, they finished uh, with their arguments. It's now being, uh, being considered. But they've done everything they could to support the poisoning of our water, to support the poisoning of our crops with pesticides and things like that. That's what they were designed to do. Instead, they have pivoted over to controlling transportation and shutting down our energy supply. They want to shut down not only uh, all internal combustion engines, but they also want to shut down coal and um, oil and natural gas power plants that supply electricity to the grid. This is the EPA. But back to the Commerce Department. Uh, Wilbur Ross was a private equity billionaire who once led a secret Wall Street fraternity. Uh, this is the LA Times. Ross, I, I mean, not a conspiracy theorist uh, rag or whatever, but this is uh, mainstream media. Ross is among the rich, loyal insiders that Trump picked for a cabinet that is shaping up as the wealthiest in history. The 79-year-old veteran investor will spearhead trade policy and business development in the new administration. Business development. Why do we want the government spearheading business development? How's that working out for these automobile companies who followed Biden into his EV fantasy world? Trump rejected criticism that Ross was too out of touch to serve. Said during a rally last week in Chicago that Ross was chosen because, quote, this guy knows how to make money, folks. Money, money, money. Yeah, that's what he's about. <laughs> and he added, I put on a killer. Ross, however, once spared Trump. The future president-elect at one time owned a quarter of Atlantic City's casino market. But Trump was heavily in debt, and he started missing bond payments on his and Atlantic City's largest casino, the Taj Mahal, in 1990. Ross was then an investment banker working for Rothschild. And he helped bondholders negotiate with Trump, whose finances were unraveling. The final deal reached Trump's ownership stake 
uh, reduced it rather his ownership stake in the Taj, but left him in charge. Bondholders were unhappy when Ross presented the plan. They said, this doesn't make any uh, economic sense. Why did we make a deal with them? One asked, according to uh, a book by Rosenberg. And uh, Wilbur Ross says, well, the Trump name is very much an asset. And uh, so they were grooming this guy for something else. He grew up in, he's got a real interesting pedigree, grew up in New Jersey. He went to a Jesuit uh, prep school, then he went to Yale, he went to Harvard, then he went to work for the Rothschilds. How could you go wrong with a pedigree like that? (laughs) (laughs) The Commerce Department, he would oversee a portfolio containing responsibilities as diverse as weather research, geoengineering, and promoting minority-owned businesses, DEI, at the Trump administration. Uh, However, with Trump in the White House, foreign trade likely will be the issue that gets most of Ross's attention. Trump has promised to remake free trade deals. And so uh, when you look at, again, that was L.A. Times, Forbes, uh, getting Donald out of debt, the 25-year-old ties that bind Trump and Wilbur Ross. America's first billionaire president is riding into the White House with popular support, and he's bringing his billionaire friends with him says Forbes. They're the ones who create the list of the wealthiest people there. And stop and think for a moment about the Trump cabinet. You know, kind of tentative uh, in 2016. It's like, well, no, this guy's got some real character issues. But look at Hillary. What are we going to do? Well, you know, we know what Hillary is, said Julian Assange. We know she's a criminal and warmonger. We don't know about Trump yet. Well, immediately we started getting... uh, uh, inclinations about what he was doing. Goldman Sachs bankers, you had Cohen um, taking a $250 million early golden parachute uh, so that with the encouragement of his uh, Goldman Sachs people, go, 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 go. We'll give you a big, an advance payoff. We'll, we'll speed it up because we want a man on the inside. So Gary Cohen goes in. Rex Tillerson, Uh, An Exxon executive who is a rabid uh, environmentalist pushing the Paris Climate Accord, and he made sure that the Paris Climate Accord did not get removed during the Trump administration. Uh, He did a little head fake after the election in 2020, but for four years it remained in place. They supposedly took it off for one or two months, and then Biden put it right back on. They left it. They left it. That was what Rex Tillerson got. All these people were writing me at the time, you're a fool. You don't know. Rex Tillerson was the president of Exxon. He's not for this environmentalism. He's not against fossil fuels. And I said, oh, really? Really? You don't understand how that works, do you? You don't understand that these oil companies have bought into this renewable scam at the base level? Yeah, they're going to keep their oil business, but they're going to make a lot of money off the renewables as well. And then, of course, he had the uh, two Alexes. He had Alex Azar. The CEO of Eli Lilly, one of the highest, uh, you know, the the best, uh, politi- most politically connected of all the pharmaceutical companies. He put him in as HHS head over Francis Collins, over Fauci, the one who declared the pandemic in the end of January, Alex Azar. And now uh, Eli Lilly, by the way, is going to be the likely going to be the first trillion dollar pharmaceutical company. That's the guy that Trump wanted running HHS and the vaccine program. And then he had Alex Acosta. Alex Acosta, who was the so-called prosecutor of Jeffrey Epstein. But he gave that sweetheart deal to uh, Jeffrey Epstein 
uh, whose defense attorneys were Alan Dershowitz and Ken Starr, the guy who gave a sweetheart deal to Bill Clinton. And uh, so he brought him in, uh, you know, the, uh, the friend of Epstein was brought in to labor. The friend of Big Pharma was brought in to run HHS. Uh, the Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, was brought in uh, to uh, keep uh, Paris Climate Accord there because the previous Secretary of State said we've self-ratified this. So we got to do that. we got to keep that self-ratified Paris uh, Climate Accord there. And then we have Wilbur Ross, the Rothschild man, who saved Donald's behind financially. Who's going to save him this time, right? He's in real financial straits. I mean, he's, he's got to find that cash, and he doesn't have much money in cash, quite frankly. Uh, that's a significant half a billion dollars. That's like a quarter of his net worth, and he doesn't have a quarter of his net worth and, um, tied up in that. As a matter of fact, when we look at what happened when he got bailed out in the 1990s, and of course there's been a lot of inflation uh, since the 1990s, but the Taj Mahal thing was over $675 million in uh, junk bonds. Uh, he's going to be up to that pretty quickly with these interest rates unless they start grabbing properties in New York. But the, the interesting thing about this junk bond situation, you know, as I said before, how does somebody, how does somebody go bankrupt with a casino? I mean, that, that's like a license to print money. The house always wins. That's like having the Federal Reserve and you just you know, print money out there all the time. The whole thing is set up. Everything, every game is set up so the house wins. The longer you play, the more certain it is that the house wins. How could you go bankrupt in a situation like that? Well, uh, he borrowed the money to buy Taj Mahal. Yeah, the art of the deal. I'm going to use other people's money and all the rest of the stuff. And he did it at 14% interest rates. This is the 1990s. This isn't, you know, the late 1970s and 80s when home loans were close to that. You know, we had uh, our first home. We had a 13% fixed uh, mortgage rate. We were stupid, really stupid. How do you justify this? When that, and, and, of course, at that point in time, they went up to like 18% or something, I think, eventually. But how in the world do you justify this as a businessman who's supposed to know his way around? He desperately wanted these casinos for his image, and he would do anything to get it. And so he borrows $675 million at 14% interest rate. And um, he was struggling to make payments within months, said Forbes magazine. And so then Wilbur Ross and the Rothschilds stepped in to represent the bondholders who were thinking about forcing the casino into involuntary bankruptcy and ousting Trump. Ross reportedly saw crowds pressed against Trump's limo windows. And as he looked at that, like, this is a guy we can use. This is a guy we can use. The Rothschild globalist bankers. This is a guy. We can sell him as an anti-globalist and they'll buy it, won't they? Yeah, that's right. That's what they did. You realize the value of Trump's celebrity. So they offered a bankruptcy deal. Trump would give up 50% of the stake in the Taj Mahal, but he would receive better debt terms, you know, less than 14% interest. <laughs> I don't know what the better debt terms were or not. He would get better debt terms and he would remain in control. 
That was the important thing, that he be seen in control. And then he ultimately made similar deals for his other troubled properties, and he climbed out of debt and back onto the Forbes 400, writes Forbes. But it didn't last long. Uh, he um, went bankrupt on these things. He, he couldn't manage them. You know, it wasn't even wasn't even the foolish $675 million debt at 14% interest that Trump did. I mean, he could, still couldn't manage these things and make a profit out. So he had six casinos that went bankrupt. Ross, on the other hand, went into private equity in 2000, formed a company called W.L. Ross and Company. He still runs it back in 2016, but he sold it to an investment firm, Invesco, in 2006 for $375 million. And then in 2013, Invesco partnered with Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Oh, isn't that nice? It's like all in the family. It's like, you know, a little Dickens novel where Everybody knows everybody else. You have all these incestuous business relationships. Uh, so then he goes into partnership with Jared Kushner and others to buy five industrial properties from the Jehovah Witnesses in Brooklyn for $240 million. How'd they get that kind of money? I mean, we're talking Joel Osteen level wealth here. <laughs> you know, uh, or Copeland level, you know, private jets and all the rest of this stuff. Nearly all of Trump's wealth is tied up in real estate, said Forbes back in 2016. See, this is the rub. Uh, this is the, the danger to Trump right now. He's got 30 days to do this. And now, like I said, you know, he doesn't have the cash. He's going to have to liquidate something or they're going to steal it. And who's going to loan him the money? I mean, who's got that kind of money? You're going to go down to your local bail bondsman, uh, <laughs> get that kind of money. I mean, this, this is, and I'm not saying that uh, he deserves to have this stuff taken from him. I think it's completely fraudulent what they're doing. Nevertheless, it is, um, uh, this is going to play out in a very, um, uh, very bad way for him. Uh, I don't support what Letitia James is doing. I don't support that bad law. I don't support that judge. Uh, is his name Engeron or whatever it is? Um, and so, um, but they said he also, most of his money is in real estate, but back in 2016, he also owned stocks. And one of those holdings was a 250,000, not million, 250,000 to 500,000 in Invesco stock, the same company that Wilbur Ross merged with, that he runs, that, um, Jared Kushner got involved in, uh, Trump and Ross were also neighbors in Florida and New York, just like he was with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Because, you know, these rich people have places in Manhattan and they have places in Palm Beach. So Ross had a 16,000 square foot home just up the road from Trump's 126 room Mar-a-Lago. Um, Ross's penthouse in Manhattan is just two blocks from Trump Tower Triplex. And of course, you know, Epstein, maybe three of them partied. Who knows? I don't know. I definitely know that Trump and Epstein were partying together. Uh, and then... Um, you had, um, in 2018, more uh, research into the relationship. A researcher, Jake Morfanios, discovered that when Trump was in bankruptcy in the 1980s, just before, when he was about to lose everything, bailed out by the Rothschilds, he claims that Trump is now serving the financial interests of the Rothschilds global enterprise, especially in the Middle East, where the U.S. engages in wars that covertly are waged to bring oil resources under the control of the Rothschild oil companies and, of course, the American government. 
David Knight Show is a critical thinking super spreader. If you've been exposed to logic by listening to the David Knight Show, please do your part and try not to spread it. Financial support or simply telling others about the show causes this dangerous information to spread farther. People have to trust me. I mean, trust the science. Wear your mask, take your vaccine, don't ask questions. Using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show.